0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in Associated Sport Pacer. I'm Phil kerr and today joined by Dave Prentice and Sam Carroll. As we talk about the FA Cup, uh, a big game at Goodison on Saturday. Lincoln are the visitors. But the big question is, what team will Marco Silva pick? And where, on his list of priorities for the remainder of the season, does the FA Cup lie? Preno, you know, the FA Cup's a, a terrific competition, storied, wonderful competition. But do you think Marco Silva cares about the FA Cup? Uh, I, I worry about
1: it. I mean, um, I'm a i an I'll get. So, you know, so the FA Cup is a wonderful, wonderful competition for me, provided, you know, So some of, you know, happiest moments uh, of watching Everton. Um, And to me, it is still very, very significant, but you tend to find that modern managers, especially, you know, modern managers from the continent, uh, don't treat it with quite the same regard. Uh, But I think he ought to. Uh, Four defeats in five is, it's a concern. I'm not going to get overly carried away about this because going into the Anfield derby, the form was good, the progress was good, you know, the, the players are... Marcel Brands and Marco Silva have bought in, have been a real upgrade on last season. So let's put the whole thing into perspective. But this is a dip. And, you know, so the longer that dip continues, you know, the more <laughs> concerned fans get, you know, the more atmospheres change. So a lift is needed from somewhere and that can come from the FA Cup. So totally accept that some players look a little bit leggy and, you know, Andre Gomez, Gilfie Sigurdsson, possibly even Lucas Dean, you know, so sort of maybe needs, you know, sort of come out and be given a rest. But equally, I don't want to see too many changes. You know, wholesale changes indicate you're taking the competition less seriously than you should do. And Marco has already had his fingers burned in the competition against oh, sorry, in a different competition against Southampton, doing exactly that. But come on, it's Lincoln City. I know it's League Two table I know they got to the quarterfinals a couple of years ago. But the quality of backup team Everton should be able to send out should be you know good enough to beat Lincoln City. But just, you know, be sensible about it. You know, send out a, an experienced team. I'm talking about, you know, not kids like Kieran Dowell. You know, I know he can't play now, he's on loan. But, you know, <laughs> so youngsters that haven't played a game all season. You know, mm-hmm. I'd even put, I didn't, I didn't put Phil Jagielka in that respect. He hasn't played all season. So don't throw him into a, you know, a, a game like this just because it's a cup tie. Try and be sensible in your team selection.
0: Should, Sam, though, <laughs> Marco used fringe players for the, for the for the two rounds with which we were in the League, Club, the League Cup and it didn't work out. Got knocked out by Southampton on penalties. So that 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 rationale from the manager of saying, I want to give these guys an opportunity to show me what they've done. They've had that chance and not taken it. So really, should he not just go full strength? We don't play Bournemouth until the Sunday, so that's an eight-day wait. Is there no excuse not to go full tilt, full pelt at the game on Saturday? If we do and we win 5-0 and we're comfortably in the lead by an hour. Yeah, then make changes. Is Can the manager, given the way the season's going and look, at, you know, a run of results can suddenly catapult you back up the table and Prenos rightly says context and perspective is absolutely needed. But in terms of the situation we're currently in right now, do you think Marco Silva just has to go full strength? No, I think it's about getting a happy medium out of it. I
2: don't think that, I don't see any reason why uh, someone like Andre Gomez, who looked particularly tired against... Brighton and Leicester, I don't, I don't see any reason why, why he needs to play. I think Gilfie Sigurdsson falls into that category. I think Leighton Baines is, is more than a good enough deputy, uh, as we've seen
0: over the years, for, well, you, well, for Lucas Dean. Sorry, Sam, to interrupt. Uh, using Preno's uh, rationale about not using players who haven't played. He said, Jagielka, don't play, he hasn't played. Can he play Bainesy? He's not played. Well, I think it's it's hard because I think, this, I think if we were going into this game on the
2: back of Five wins on the spin. Everyone would be completely fine with people like Baines and Jagielka playing. I think the thing is now we're not playing too well, and it even though it's at Goodison, it almost feels like a bit of a banana skin. But you've, you know, we, we made wholesale changes against Rotherham, and we had absolutely no problem. That was a championship team, championship team, Rotherham. Yeah, 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 against the championship side, we had no problem.
1: They- I wouldn't say no problem. It was, you know, so it was a, a. Eventually they got there. You know, it was back two goals in the last twenty minutes, wasn't it? But
0: Sigurdsson opened the scoring mm-hmm. that night. Remember. Well,
2: you're pulling apart my argument here. But <laughs> no, I I said opinions, you know. Yeah, I, I said on the team selector, I, I'm I, I'm not comfortable with Stakelumberg or Virginia playing goal, and I think Pickford, you know, Virginia was,
1: playing. I <laughs> so, old song. Never mind.
2: Carry <laughs> yeah. uh, just had a glazed look. What's her thing. name? Virginia
1: like, playing? Never mind. All oh, right. Carry
2: on. <laughs> I'll, I'll be one for YouTube <laughs> after this. I think. Uh, obviously, Stakelumberg had his chance against Southampton. Didn't didn't take a pick for up and down a little bit. So I think it'd be nice for him to get. A clean sheet, but you know, I, I still think there's there's a way to pick the team tomorrow to be more than good enough to beat Lincoln, yeah. but also give key players a rest. I, I do think Sigurdsson, yeah, even though he's rested against Brighton, which was you know quite an unexpected change. Gomez, I think Dean as well could all do with with, with the week off, and, and then we go into Bournemouth and run a run of four or five fixtures. Then that suddenly look look must win if we if we're to end this slump and. As Dave said, you know, there's no point in sitting here and talking about pressure or panic or anything like that because Marco Silva, for all intents and purposes, will still be the manager at the end of the season, no matter what. But it, 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 the longer a run like this goes on, the more concern grows, the more likely people are to become a little bit disconcerted. And it's more about getting back to the atmosphere we had, as Preno said again, towards Liverpool game where people were quite happy with the progress we were making. And I think this hopefully will be a platform for them.
1: The the atmosphere is something that does worry me a little bit because, I mean, the New Year's Day game, and I know New Year's Day, people can be a bit sluggish and it was an early start and all that. But I I wasn't working that day. I went uh, as a fan and um, it it was just, it was quiet. It was like so you know, sort of lacking in any kind of spark all around the ground. And okay, it's the old chicken-and-egg situation. Should the players be supplying that spark? Should the plant, the fans inspire the players? But it worried me that 10 minutes from the end, Everton are losing 1-0. And the park end was like half empty. It was like people are just giving it up already. And, you know, surely that shouldn't be happening that early in the game. People should still have some degree of, you know, So sort I of hope that everything can get back into it. So I just hope that was a one-off. It was it was because it was New Year's Day and because it was early rather than any growing trend of fans losing a little bit
0: of faith in the team, really. Pernod, what, just going back to the FA Cup, why, do, why the managers and particularly a re- the recent recent past of Everton managers, and I'm thinking obviously Marco in the League Cup, uh, Koeman, Less so Martinez, of course, because we've got to two semi-finals in his final yeah. season. But why, particularly the last two managers, seemingly not interested in both cup competitions? Because for, for us, as we all know, and everybody yeah. who listens to this podcast knows full well, every season we go right. Let's have a go at the cups. Yeah. They're a great opportunity for us on several for several reasons. But why? Why is that? Is that come from the top? Does that come from the very very top of the football club? Don't worry about the cups. It's league position. It's league process. That that is what will define you and and make sure that you keep your job and we're doing well. That yeah. defines success.
1: No, I think it comes from the managers. And uh, you know, Allardyce was you know a, a slight anomaly in this one. In this, you know, his FA Cup tie was a tardy match. So you're not going to make changes for that. You yeah. are going to go as strong as you possibly can. But you know, the previous managers, you know, continental manager, um, so you know they do think about um, cup competitions differently on the continent every single country you look at it's very much you know the poor relation the cup competition the fa cup has far more lustre in this country than it ever does in any european country um so Premier League is all and so they will look at the fixtures either side of cup cup size and you know so rotate their squad accordingly I mean Mauricio Pochettino you know is getting in the papers this morning saying that um, he's not interested in the FA Cup Uh, you know okay they're in the Champions League so there's a counter argument to that Uh, but continental managers do seem to think that you know the league is all and maybe it does require people uh, you know higher up at the football club you know Marcel Brands you know so the chairman people on the board and what have you to say that no no the the FA Cup must be a priority you know it is important to fans in this country and we need a run in it and it is important you know so if anything goes wrong on Saturday you know I don't like to think what the mood would be like around the football club It'd be absolutely horrific yeah. uh, Everton need a win they need a decent home draw in the next round mm-hmm. and then just need to start playing you know so sort of reasonably strong sides Um the, the squad's not, you know, so massively deep in numbers at the moment, but it's still capable of handling two competitions. And I think, you know, if that's people have got to get into Marco Silva's head and say to him, look, you know, this is important. He's had one FA Cup tie that he's won in this country as a manager. I was looking the other day um, when he was at um, Watford. And uh, they beat Bristol City, and then uh, he got sacked before they played in the next round uh, against Southampton. So he hasn't really got any pedigree at all in the FA Cup. So he needs to be told
0: about it, and you know, so it informed just how important this competition is. So I'm just looking at the way the season's going, and look, of course, you know, we're, we're in a block of teams. I think we're eleventh at the minute, aren't we? And we're, t- we're around West Ham, uh, Watford, uh, Leicester, um, those type of teams. And, and you know, get, you know, we're all things even. Us and that block of teams will be fighting out for, probably for seventh if we're yeah. being realistic at this stage. You know, a run of form can quickly catapult you from 11th to 7th. So, you know, that jump can be made, you know, with a, with a decent run of, of of form, as I say. But it, it appears that while we're sort of grow, growing through these growing pains and silver and the new players and, and they're trying to embed a new way of playing and, and 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 getting a level of consistency, we're going to be up and down a little bit this season. If we're playing the right way, but we finish up and down the season, we finish ninth maybe, or even eighth, say, but we've had a real good go at the FA Cup, how much more goodwill does that buy the manager? How much more momentum does that take into the summer, as opposed to finishing eighth or ninth and getting bombed out in the fourth round because the manager made changes and we were rubbish? I think it's
2: quite interesting at the moment because, you know, I think most reasonable Evertonians, whatever happens this season, uh, you know, we'll we'll still hold that that goodwill towards the manager, and I think a lot of that comes from from the good work that they did in the transfer market. I think, as Dave said, you can see, you know, when you think of we swapped Ashley Williams for Yeri Mina, we swapped Wayne Rooney in central midfield for Andre Gomez. You know, we we bought Richarlison in and got rid of Balassi. You know, you you can see block for block mm. in terms of the playing squad where we've improved. Um, and I think you know. You will always get that that first season, then. So I think this manager could be more judged on next season. So I think what the what the FA Cup would do, a good run, getting you know thirty, forty thousand Evertonians back to Wembley, that would definitely gain some momentum and and some kind of essence that you know he can, he can be the man to bring Silverware back because you know for for fans my age we don't know what it's like to to see Everton win a trophy we don't know what it's like for Everton to win big games you know it, it's hard to say but you know most games now when we're playing away at the big six you just kind of for fans my hate just go in expecting you know the worst because we have never we've never seen it so i think that for me the fa cup is all about you do need a bit of luck you need a few good draws you know and then when you do go away to the to the big teams that you'll probably almost certainly get You've got to pull it out the bag. I think we've had some missed opportunities, haven't we? The year we beat Chelsea away, and uh, do we end up getting the final that year? Semi 2016
0: under Martinez. Oh, Chelsea away. Oh, sorry, right. Chelsea away. I can't remember if that was the
2: final or the. Semi final against Liverpool, yeah, 2012.
0: 2012 that would be, yeah. Yeah, 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 obviously,
2: Martinez. I think probably if he'd have beat Manchester United in that semi final, could make a case he'd still be the Everton manager now because we had Crystal Palace. We fancied ourselves in the final. Palace, fancied that, you know, mm. the, the first manager to bring Everton that silverware that we all desperately crave will will buy himself a lot of time, you mm. know, but obviously, it's a little bit different. I think you've, you've got to be looking at who we get in the draws, no one's going to complain. That much. If we get Chelsea away and you know
1: we we battle, but we don't win. But gotta beat Lincoln first. Let's not look ahead of yeah, ourselves. That's <laughs> what
2: I mean. But I mean, if if we can beat Lincoln and we and we get a few good draws, then then there will be that expectancy to to get Everton to to a decent stage. And I think if there is another repeat of the Southampton game, whether it be about against Lincoln or another team that Everton should beat at Goodison Park, away from Goodison Park, then th- there will definitely be some some members of of discontent and and some murmurs of the manager not understanding the. The, the fabric of the football club.
1: Well, uh, our old friend, Mr Beasley, who's not here today, but uh, dug out that, you know, yeah. fairly grim stat a couple of days ago that we we're looming now on the longest period in the club's history without mm. winning any kind of silverware. I think it was 24 years from, you know, winning the title before the first, Second World War and then winning the league in 1963, which was 24 years, I think. And we're just a year shy of that now. So, you know, clearly, OK, it's just a historical, you know, statistic, but it underlines how nice. how paltry it's been over the last you know sort of quarter of a century now you know so young lads like sam you know sort of have been absolutely deprived of the kind of you know some silverware that i was fortunate enough to witness you know sort of in the 1980s mm. uh, so it's long long overdue and you know cup competitions with all due respect are the only way it's going to happen in the near future uh, which is why so much significance has to be attached to them because they can't be overlooked
0: f- f- for marco looking at the next what have we got league games left now Seven, 17. 17 league games left largely we're going to be playing week to week aren't we By the end of the season so what 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 is the reason for not going at the FA Cup full pelt there
1: isn't I mean the the only excuse uh, that you could have for picking a a second-string team this weekend is the after-effects of the Leicester game. Is whether you know players are still leggy, are still carrying knocks from that game. I understand that, yeah. But yeah, looking ahead, you know, eight days, like you say, is a massive period of time to prepare for a Premier League match. That so there isn't any excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just it's week to week. If you're still involved in the Carabao Cup, you know, you can have an argument again. Uh, David Moyes got his fingers burned in that respect years ago when he. I remember he played Stefan Vessels at home against Oldham Oldham. uh, a few days before we played uh, Chelsea in the League Cup semi-final and ended up going, out. that excuse doesn't exist this year. So there isn't one, you know, it's just purely where the players are in decent shape after the Leicester game and after what has been a very, very gruelling, you know, sort of Christmas schedule.
0: Just just, uh, before I come back to Sam what just looking back at our recent, uh, our best performances in recent years in the FA Cup, finally in 2009, semi in 2012 and a semi in 2016, how did Moyes and then Roberto? What? Why did we do well in those se- those seasons? If you like well in inverted commas, of course. Yeah, yeah. What, what was what was the key? Was it purely playing strong teams in every round? Or I, th- it- I think two thousand and nine, where we got to the
1: final, uh, it was that because if you remember that the cup draw was very very unkind to mm-hmm. us all the way through. It was like the hardest you know sort of yeah. cup draws and you know any team had had getting to the final. You know Liverpool in the fourth round. You know so sort of Premier League teams all the way through. So. Couldn't really afford, you know, so to make too many changes, right. and you could argue that you know other Premier League teams were, you know, so sort of leaving you know so sort of key players out, so that helped in that respect. In um, the other years that you mentioned, I think you know the managers just got the balance right, um, you know. So well, apart from the semi-final in 2012, and again that was just the lack of squad depth. Seeing Maggie Gay going <sighs> down the left wing that started, day just you started you know-
2: the game, didn't he? Oh
1: dear, yeah, yeah. just Pina you know, was P- 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 out, yeah, which is you know sort of cost Everson badly that year. Um, and 2016 Martinez has got the balance right he did mix things up in the earlier rounds but you know only only to a degree um, you know so N- Yeah N- we played
0: Carlisle away didn't yeah, we and N- Kone N- S- started and stuff S- like that yeah, yeah sufficiently
1: strong teams you know so to get through the early rounds and then you know so sort of stronger mm-hmm. teams when it mattered so uh, you know as we said earlier on it's about getting the balance right so you know there will be changes on Saturday we absolutely know that but you know it's got to be just about you know a happy medium as Sam says
2: As, as Dave says though I think the other thing that Marco will have in his favour, is that when Everton do get on a bit of a... If Everton can navigate the third and fourth rounds and you get home draws at Goodison, mm-hmm. you know, you think back to that Chelsea game under Martinez. Yeah. I've never experienced that uh, atmosphere ever like that. It was, it was baying, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and I think it, people say this about about matches throughout the history about any club and say the ground shook that night. I genuinely did feel it did yeah. move.
1: Oh, yeah. well, that was one of the better ones, you know. That so That's d- like, you know, That is on a par, you know, with some of the, you know, the the great atmospheres of the past the Man United when Duncan Ferguson scored by Munich even. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was it, it was that yeah. intense that night.
2: And I, and I think, you know, even away, I think uh, the year we got to the final when we played Sunderland.
1: Sunderland away. How was there that nice? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that stand yeah, behind yeah. the goals. 10,000 10,000 ever yeah. took so
2: I think for silver the key really is is making Evertonians dream and believe in Sutton, and I think that's what's been lacking, and why maybe as Dave points out the atmosphere has been a little bit flat because I think that kind of dream that ignited a little bit Jordan that good run of form you know that we we had these good players and that we were building towards Sutton you know just a little bit of water has been poured on on that fire and I think the FA Cup would be a nice way you know if you get a draw at Goodison Park against anyone past the fourth fifth rounds it's going to be. Mm. A superb atmosphere that, that genuinely, as we've seen time and time again over the years, but has been sadly lacking now since maybe that Man City 4-0, you know, that that, that makes Everton teams beat the, the the teams that traditionally, you know, the so-called top six. So I think that's that's what's exciting for me. And I think that's what should be the big lift to silver and the players, that they're the kind of occasions, this is why footy players are footy players and why managers are managers, to win silverware and to, to take part in, in games like that. And again, it also has a s a spin-off in the league. If if the fans know there's a big quarter final, a big a big cup game coming up, mm. you know, they'll
0: they'll be just as vociferous and, in the league. And that's what I was saying earlier on about <coughs> about you know, we I think we have to accept that there will be ups and downs this season as the team develops and, and finds its feet and, and the manager, you know, there's gonna be and, But if you've got the if you've got uh, in the background chugging along an FA Cup run... I think people are even more understanding of the ups and yeah, downs yeah. of league. It's well, I think Everton fans, you know, compared to other fans in the Premier League, are,
1: are quite strange beasts sometimes, and uh, you know that they, they wait, you know, to be impressed, you know, so they don't just like knee-jerk reaction, you know, so we're going to give you undying support yeah, yeah. regardless, like other supporters do, you know. It's, um, it's you talking about no names, but they, are, they, they, are, they they wait to be impressed, and I can only really think in recent years of uh, Ronald Koeman as possibly the one manager that's got fans excited. You know, by his appointments, most of the time fans are like, well, well, okay, let's see what you do, impress us first. And Marco Silva definitely comes into that category. And, you know, I would humbly suggest he hasn't impressed them yet. David Moyes, when he first came in, but that was largely because you know Walter Smith was not particularly popular at the time, and you know this like you know dynamic, fairly passionate approach did grab grab the imagination from the word go, and the club was in a fairly precarious situation at the time. Uh, But you know subsequently, it's just been all right. You know, so let's see what you can produce, and you know, it's over to you, Marco. We still need to produce something to impress those supporters. The
0: Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And Prano, I I asked you actually whether whether the 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 sentiment around the FA Cup and how the club views it it comes from the top right the way right the way down. Well, we can't forget that Farhad Mashiri's first game after taking over Was Ch- Chelsea, Chelsea? Yes, at yeah. Goodison. That was his first game at yeah. Goodison. So if anybody can understand what an FA Cup one can bring, it'd be Farhad. So you would like to think that he's actually saying. Marco, we've got to go for this.
1: Well, you should do. You'd hope that. I mean, it, we, we don't know because uh, you know he does tend to keep his uh, thoughts to himself, uh, if yeah. I had. But yes, you know he will have you know been as excited as anybody. You know, so that evening, I just hope he doesn't think it's always going to be like this. Because you know, <laughs> clearly it hasn't. And out for his but, first
2: game, he must have been like, "Get a cracking atmosphere in here!"
1: Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it value for money? This <laughs> Arsenal was never like this. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Um, so, fingers crossed for a smooth passage through to the fourth round on Saturday uh, when Link and the visitors to Goodison, and uh, we await uh, Marco's team selection and his thoughts, of course. We've <coughs> seen him late this afternoon, so around the time this podcast will be available, you'll be able to uh, read what Marco has told us. Um, moving on, though, but looking back, um, Preno, as you mentioned, it's it's one win in A. I think we've lost four of the last five. We are in a bit of a rut. We've gone down to 11th in the league table. How does Marco get back to the heights of that period between the end of September and the end of November where we were picking up I think five wins in seven playing very very well uh, peaked in a performance in December the 2nd at Anfield not the result of course we've come nowhere near those levels since No
1: it's, it's difficult you know because the personnel have largely been the same you know throughout that time and you know I know the argument's being put forward that that Anfield results, you know, knocked the stuffing out of them so much. But you know, we're talking professional footballers here that need character and need resilience. You've got to overcome that, and they did. They won five, one. You know, so sort of Burnley on Boxing Day. So, you know, there are you know sort of factors that can be taken into account, but also you know the players need to be better than that. I don't know. Is it a simple answer? I mean, changing the personnel doesn't seem to be the uh, the way forward
0: um, does he now needs st- to now we've come out of that run of four games in 212 hours can he get stability again is I think that is going to be a big factor
1: possibly but you also will also test his powers of man- management you know so can he inspire those players because uh, that looks like that has been lacking over the last few games some players are lacking confidence but Charleston's going through a little bit of a rut at the moment and it's you know What kind of manager is he now? Is he a manager that can put an arm around them or give them a kick up the backside, whichever is required? Uh, But, you know, he needs to inspire and motivate those players. And it's a test. I mean, you know, the, the big question mark about Marco Silva's management has always been after those first three or four months you know because he started so well at so many of the clubs he's been at and then suffered a bit of a dip now he's suffering a dip now now he's got to prove that he's capable of motivating the players to get out of it and go again and you know he's done it in his previous employments in Greece and in uh, Portugal well, maybe he hasn't because there were processions, you know. So mm. most of the other campaigns he had there. So it's a test of him as a manager.
0: Yeah. No, as I was going to say, Sam, you know that that, that anniversary of of Marco sacking from Watford is is on the horizon. I think it was the twenty first of January, wasn't it? And he still he came he came with that as something he was trying to shake off that tag of being a, a short term manager. It looked like he was going to override that very quickly with that great run that we had. But again, he just can't seem to shake it. What's your What's your hunch?
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, I wrote it after the Spurs game. I think the the last time he won a game for Watford is now the same time, almost to the day, as he's last won a game for Everton, which is obviously, you know, we will win another game under Marco Silva in, in the next few weeks. But I think it, it's just a bit of a strange coincidence the the way football throws these things up sometimes. But as we spoke about a little bit at the start and, and as you've just said then, Dave, it's, it's, you, you've got to get the, the monkey off your back almost, yeah. haven't you? You've got to... It is all down to for as much talking as we can do, and for as much as the club have invested in both Silver and Brands in terms of players on the field. is him and the players now have got to have got to prove it. And there's there's nothing that can really be said about it until they get back to winning games. I think that game against Leicester was just horrible to watch. Really, wasn't it? It was at times it, you probably could have got better value for money just going down to Walton Park and watching a Sunday League kickabout because. I think you mentioned it, Phil. It looked like some of the lads had been out on the uh, on the ale <laughs> as well before the game. Yeah. Some of the the passing and some of the I, I've never really watched a game like that. That was just so. Oh, you know what, so I, I, I think
1: I think that happens sometimes when you have. Let's not forget that Everton had the shortest time scale oh, to yeah. play matches no. over Christmas. So they had four games in 10 days. And so when you're playing the same kind of players, you are going to get leggy players, mistakes, well, it was, is, that, is that, Was
0: that not a, another sign? Because again, Marco only used two subs. In a game yeah. where his players are looking tired, he only sure. used two subs. Now, I don't know whether Marco was trying to be cute and coy and, and a message to upstairs and to Marcel, uh-huh. et cetera, or it was just indicative of a, of a manager going, well, I don't believe in enough of the fringe players yeah this squad for me is is only 15 deep or 14 deep and you know Yeah, possibly. We, I know. we need time. We need windows to get the squad that's going to cope with four games in ten days.
1: Exactly. You know, as far as messages go, you know, clearly, you know, we, we didn't see Umar Nias we didn't see Morgan Schneiderlin. I'm not saying they should have been used because I don't think you know either have the requisite quality, you know, sort of be at Everton long term. And maybe that is the kind of message you were sending out. But sometimes you think <laughs> that that little bit of freshness that you know either of them could have bring could have brought to the team might have helped. So maybe it is a little bit of short term pain for long term gain. Mm. You know, having to to accept, you know, situations like we're having at the moment in order to bolster the squad and bring in more quality and more depth that can, you know, sort of take the club forward. It's a long-term project and, you know, so sometimes you need a little bit of of calm head and, you know, so let's not panic. Let's just, yeah. you know, so they have got a project, they have got a strategy in place and, and trust them to, you know, implement it. It's just, it's funny how quickly things
2: change at Evan really, isn't it? Sometimes, I mean, this time, what, what was it, four or five weeks ago? We were talking about how brilliant everything was, and and now we're sitting here and kind of talking yeah. about how glum everything is, and hoping that we can beat League Two Lincoln City t- to tomorrow. Yeah, uh, so it, it's one of them. It, it it does seem like just for the moment, and you know, the short term thinking. I think that we kind of had under Ronald Koeman has now came back to bite us just a little bit, a little bit more than maybe we expected with that. Good, runner a result, and, and maybe that should have been something we were more braced for, something that you know we should have expected with a new manager and a, and a new regime and new players who are still definitely finding the feet. Do you know what I mean? You've still got to think, you know, seeing someone put on, you know, Lucas Dean is, is younger than Lucas uh, Luke Garber. You know, Yeti Mina still 23-24 These are young lads coming to a new league, and and we probably still, maybe even this time next season, might not be seeing the the, the full fruits of what they can actually produce. So. I think it's all just about taking things in in perspective and hoping in the next four or five games we can, if just a boost to the fans and to just take a little bit of pressure off from the outside. Get a few wins on the board and, you know, it it would still kind of be disappointing to not finish at least eighth in the table, wouldn't it, with Mm. with the strength and the quality that you see
0: week in, week out in the Premier League and the fact that everyone really has beaten each other this season. And obviously, and and, and, and kind of, On that point, Marco and Marcel have both come in at the same time and neither of them are looking for a short-term answer are they, or a short-term fix. But the problem is the supporters have seen, you know, for generations or for for too long, they've seen that, you know, you can understand that there's that kind of, it's not a disconnect, but there's, you know, you've got your two people who are really at the head of football club going, no, we're trying to build for the long-term, it's going to take time. And supporters who very, very understandably are going well, how many false dawns have we seen? You know, we were expecting a bit more. It's, it, that's the kind of the two parallels at the club at the minute, but hopefully we're going to meet in the middle at some point. But
1: Yeah, well, but Marcel especially is a very impressive individual. And, you know, from the chat you did with him before Christmas, he made it quite clear that there wouldn't be any panic measures. Mm. Um, and you Because know, right now you think, right, okay, lost four of the last five. We need a striker in January. That, that is important. That's what happened last year when Cheng Tosin came in. And, you know, okay though, he's done. He's clearly not top five, top six quality um, so, you know, Brands has looked at it again and, you know, thought this, well, January's not a good market to be bringing in strikers. You know, let's just be patient. Let's just be calm. And, you know, so we'll look for the player that we really want in the summer that will bring the club forward significantly. Uh, and they've already, you know, taken steps forward. I mean, I think it was the match of the day after the Brighton game. You lose track of this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they produced that league table, which showed you that Everson were exactly the same position as they had been in the previous season. Same games played, same games won, same points gathered. You know, effectively, there'd been no change whatsoever. Which is nonsense because there has been significant change. The quality of football that we're seeing is yes. far better. We've not been involved, you know, so in a fight down the, you know the bottom end of the table. Uh, that the, the players that have been brought in are significantly better than the players that we were watching last season and there appears to be a coherent strategy into what they're trying to do in terms of recruitment which wasn't there the previous season just what you're seeing with your own eyes as being, you know, as being great some of the, the victories I've seen this season uh, have left me feeling really good about mm. myself you know you feel
0: really happy about some of the performances you've we, seen well, we've wanted to go to I know professionally we've got to but, yeah. but <laughs> fans tell me they've wanted to go to Goodison which is completely different to last season now exactly. obviously taking to account New Year's Day and a few of the recent performances take that to a side but largely everybody wants to go the game don't they
1: it has yeah but you know it, the, you know Ross is a rut and yeah. you've got to get out of it you know so as quickly as possible I, I still just think it's a blip I still just think uh, you know the, res- the games that Everton have lost, you know, could have gone either way on a couple of occasions. You know, so Brighton was it wasn't a great performance, but you know, you hit the woodwork twice, and you know, so you, you have opportunities. Leicester was poor; let, let's not mm. forget about it. But you know, but for one silly mistake by Michael Keane, who was having a great game up until that point. It yeah, was, yeah. Um, you know, if it, it finishes as a draw, and it's you know just one of those, oh, let's go on to the next one. So you know, there have been contributory factors, but you, you need to get out of it as soon as possible. So you know, Saturday's the
0: perfect opportunity to do that, and a win is important. Um, Sam, uh, pro- mentioned Marcel Brands. And- and, and his, his views on January Part of the, obviously the big side is uh, bringing players in but the other side is he also doesn't like to sell in the winter but he said obviously if there's a very serious offer then they would think about it a little bit of chat this week about Umar Nias of course it's our understanding that Everton will be willing to listen to offers uh, do you think it's the right time to sell Umar now or do we keep hold of him you know he came on against Brighton and you know one of very few before, uh, appearances this season do we let go or do we just hold on until the summer?
2: Uh, I think there's still, I mean, obviously, a, a lot of fans who, who watch Everton, you know, Umar probably isn't of, of the quality or the standard that we now want. But for me, he's still giving everything. When Every time he's pulled on Everton shirt, whether that's been good enough or not, still gave us that Bournemouth moment last season. Um, so if... Someone comes in with an offer that Everton are happy to take, and it's an offer that Umar is happy to go with. Then I, I, I don't see a problem because he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna play uh, much for Partia, uh, so I, I'd be happy to to see Umar leave to 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 a good home, really, in somewhere where he can go and. Hopefully, I still think he's a striker that will get five, ten goals a season and could probably suit a club like Palace or or Cardiff for someone of that ilk. So I think that the difficulty is obviously. You know, for the club, I mean, it's a new either, so it, there won't be too much kind of going into it. But, you know, we lost a lot of money on Davy Classen. We're, mm. we're going to lose a lot of money. I know nowadays, six, seven million isn't a great deal. No, but you look at Everton's accounts and the wage bills and... Yeah, you know, so all and and just, that, <laughs> again, that's something that definitely, you know, already Marcel Brands, I think you can see as, as remedied. You know, I'm not saying that Everton want to, but if the day ever came, I think where we, we look to sell Dean, Mina, uh, Richarlison be making big profits on all those players already so again that's, that, that's another sign of progress but you know we're not going to get 13.5 million for Umar Nias
1: Nor should we have spent 13.5 million no, on him When we signed
2: no I did generally I'd never seen him play and I'd never done this before but I, I YouTubed him and I remember turning him to my dad and I was like he's going to get like 30 goals.
1: I'll never forget that debut where he had his hands on his knees after uh, 20 minutes, sucking in lungfuls of uh, oh air. Yeah. Ha- having been there training for like two <laughs> or three months, now he's moving on. You know, So he's not playing, he's not featuring, uh,
0: he's of no earthly use to the first team squad. Do you think squad? we'd get more money for him Now this month, because of the nature of January, than we would in the summer. Possibly, I've seen that story on the Senegal
1: website saying that uh, was it a fee not less than seven million euros, whatever that means. (laughs) Uh, But you know, yeah, take it. You know, so he's not featuring, he's not even on the bench. You know, so he has been once in the last like ten games. Came off the bench against Brighton, didn't he? So you had three successive games on the bench, one of which he came on against Brighton, but prior to that hadn't figured for like seven or eight games Mm. in the first team squad. He's not part of Marco Silva's thinking, you know. So we don't need him in the in the short
0: term. We will always have Bournemouth, though. Move him that
2: on. That was some. That was some uh, turnaround,
0: wasn't it? Ah, sure. If it absolutely saved uh, saved Ronald's bacon for a few that, weeks. That didn't? Finish
2: when Davies laid him in. I think to make it one yeah. one was actually like
0: uh, top
2: six striker level.
1: Sunderland well. was on to it for me. The outside of the foot. Sunderland no, and finish. Cup, yeah, everyone suddenly thought, oh, yeah, you know, nice, uh, that, you know. Nah, that was his Dennis Strachan, Percy moments. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> where he's finally you know sort of got his goal. But now, nah, but we've moved on from from players like that. And you know, if they're not figuring, if they're not part of the manager's plans, yeah, move them on. I suppose
2: It's probably in there. Tasty wedge, as uh, well. So, yeah, yeah,
0: we, we well, we, we believe although it's never been confirmed because the football club, of course, doesn't confirm wages. But we were led to believe at the time that he was earning 60 grand a week at least which is healthy, isn't it? It's which a healthy is healthy way. for a man is
1: not even in the first-team squad. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, no, move him on. And there are other players that you could possibly say that about us. I mean, I know Morgan Schneidlin's a player that divides opinion, and I, I would lump him in the same boat as Umar Nias. I don't think the manager does. I think the manager sees mm. a role Just, for him
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh,
1: going forwards, but... I, I don't know. I mean, he, he has shown quality in the past, you know, second half of the season that he signed and he he, he was excellent. But for me, th- there's still attitude issues there that, you know, so it doesn't seem to re- reproduce that quality as consistently, uh, consistently as we'd like to see. Michael, so it's a confidence issue. Maybe it is. And he clearly knows the player far better than I do. So, you know, you know, I'll take his word on that one. But I, you know, if I was in Marco Silva's shoes, that'd be another one I'd be moving on.
0: And um, just before we wrap up, just on, on this theme, um, James McCarthy is an interesting one, Sam. Again, there was some some chat, wasn't there, about West Ham. I mean, I'd be amazed if we loaned a player to West Ham. But generally about sending James on loan for the rest of the season, do you think that's worthwhile?
2: Um, Probably depends on how the rest of the transfer window plays out for me. I think, as Dave's saying, if a club came in with a decent offer for Morgan Schneider, I think I'd rather have McCarthy over Schneiderlin but again I think it depends on the long term what silver season long term for McCarthy I think if the manager thinks you know if we can get him out there playing regular minutes uh, and get him back next season as an Everton player it it could be a decent move but again as you're saying you know the teams he's been linked to it maybe like Fulham West Ham I wouldn't see the point in strengthening another Premier League team Fulham
0: obviously we're not going to be in the same uh, no we're not we're not I I, I just
1: think that 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 one's a very strange one in that Marco Silva doesn't know how good he is Yes, I mean okay he's looked at him from afar but you know subsequent managers uh, have used him and have used him frequently I still think of the Goodison derby last season when the game changed when he went off injured you know Mm. because he was such an influence on that match and, you know, he could have a role to play, provided he's come back well enough, because that was a horrific injury that he sustained. Yeah. I don't think Marco Silva knows what he's capable of yet. And sometimes managers can be taken by surprise. I always remember Roberto Martinez saying that the one player that surprised him was Leon Osman. You didn't realise quite, you know, so how influential a player he could be until he worked with him. And James McCarthy could be in that boat, you know, so he could be a player that Marco Silva is taken by surprise by. Um, you know, he certainly. Has the quality to surprise a manager, so just whether he's recovered properly, mm. uh, and you know they will know behind the scenes whether that is the case. I think you know. Sam
2: Allardyce was also saying, wasn't he, just before that that leg break? You know how important he he, he was looking to Everton. I think mm. it was that Man United game where he's really, really impressive in that. So I think there's part of me that, that would like to see him at least given a chance in the first team in January. Whether tomorrow could be the the perfect opportunity for that, and you know we could we, we can all see then you know fans manager. Uh, James himself, you know, whether he has returned properly from that injury and then maybe make our decision from there because I, I certainly don't think a fully fit James McCarthy would be of benefit anywhere else but Everton. and I think he could generally add something to that midfield.
0: Excellent, chaps. Thank you very much for your company. Uh, thank you for listening. But of course, before we leave the customary predictions, uh, oh, yeah. now Everton v. Lincoln, FA up third round, Goodison, Saturday, three o'clock. Have we, have we ever got one of these right? Um, <laughs> we should start uh, writing
2: them down, shouldn't
0: we? Yeah, I think about two years ago, I got one right.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Everton win. I think it might be difficult to break down. Lincoln, they're going to yes. have, what is it, five or 6,000 fans, uh, baying them on. Uh, the the changes that Marcus Silva will undoubtedly make will take a little bit of time to settle in, but eventually we'll come through and win 2-0. Sam? (laughs) 5-11.
2: That's what we like. We'll smash them. Exuberance of
0: youth. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Well, hopefully uh, Sam is proven correct and it is a resounding victory for the Blues at Goodison. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. You can rate, subscribe and uh, review us on iTunes and on the Acast app, so please do that. Uh, You've been listening to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer podcast from the Liverpool Echo.